Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by the hilarious Ali Wong, and we finally figure out when it's time to get serious. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, I had a lot of fun while you were gone. Oh, good. With I'm glad. My good friend Nick Repeat Adams mm-hmm. and Mike Schmidt, the 40 year old boy. Mm-hmm. But. I'm not going to lie. It's great to have you back in the co-pilot seat there. Thank you. Thank you. Un, un, uh, unusually sincere. I appreciate that. I, uh, you look great. Thanks. Oh, getting, it's getting, now, now it seems like it's getting <laughs> shitty. Now you seem like I'm suspect now. You're, I'm, you're setting me up for a slam, right? No, I don't have a slam. It's, it is great. It's great to Thank have you, you back. It's nice to be here. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. You were nice gone, to be back at the helm. You, you went on a, you went on an epic road trip that we will talk about, uh, later on in the show. Yes. Um, uh, making internet television. In mm-hmm. fact, we've both, both of us have had to take leave of, leaves of absence to, to make, make internet, internet television. television programs. Right. It's a shitty reason. <laughs> Ultimately, it's a second rate. That's not even a real job, right? Usually, when you leave home, it should either be to like visit an ailing family member or right. to collect blood diamonds, right? <laughs> if it's not either of those two things, eh. <laughs> for your blood diamond collection, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I don't bl- sell them. The, I just like to have them. The blood diamond collection from De Beers, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Um, well, let's let's bring our guest into this. Uh, she is uh, well. Look, at the end of the day, what am I looking for in a guest on Jordan Jessico? I uh, certainly I'm looking for somebody who's uh, funny. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for somebody with a fresh, original voice. I'm looking for somebody who's free on a Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm looking for all of those things. Yeah. Yes, but most importantly, I'm looking for somebody who wants to join us on this program to rep the yay. Um, yay, yay, yay. That's uh, she's a stand up. Wait, is this the whole podcast just going to be regional slang? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. We're what about, do you guys call? We're, we're going to talk about Chewy Gomez, we're gonna, Cancun Burrito. Oh my God. We're going to talk about Chewy Gomez on this show? <laughs> yeah. uh, our guest, uh, stand up comedian. Uh, she's uh, one of the stars of uh, the television sitcom uh, Are You There, Chelsea? Uh, uh, she is Ali Wong. Uh, welcome to the program. Hi, Ali. guys. I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here, Allie. I did not... It's funny. Allie uh, has uh, worked for many, many years with our friends from back when we used to do comedy in the San Francisco Bay Area, back when we were doing Prank the Dean. Um, this kind of crew of comedians that came up doing open mics in San Francisco. But she arrived on that scene uh, a couple years into it, and we were, I think we were already gone by then. We were doing our victory lap. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. After winning comedy with our college sketch group. Your internet television (laughs) victory lap. Yeah. (laughs) We're like, "Eh, this this sketch comedy thing, it's gone as far as it can go. Let's make some webisodes. I've got 10 of them. Thousands of dollars to make in internet, <laughs> um, but Ali Ali has been uh, Ali is a, like a superstar in the world of our pals like uh, uh, Brent Weinbach and Moshe Kasher and uh, Kamau Bell and Jasper Red and all these folks who have been guests Can I throw on in our a deep show. Cut? 
Yeah. Mary Van Note. Oh, absolutely. A, why not to, why not toss a Mary Van Note in there? I just did. Hey, why not to, why not toss a Jacob Siroff in there? <laughs> sure. What about his wife, Sherry Siroff? Beautiful lady. He's a handsome man. <laughs> I started about 4 years after them, and I came in at the I the first time I ever went to the punchline was at the roast of Joe Bartnick. Yeah. Do you there you go. Him? And it was like I want to be a part of this club. Yeah, there was a good, there's a good a good group of comedians that came in, sort of under the. There have been a like sort of generations of San Francisco Bay Area comedians. There was a there was a group that uh, you know of people like uh, Greg Proops and Patton Oswalt and Brian Posehn, who all they're not from the Bay Area necessarily, but this group. Uh, was a really, really amazing and, uh, group. It was just a, w- and then it was just a wasteland till Jello Biafra started spoken word. <laughs> <laughs> then shit took off again. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's get back to what's important. That is Chewy Gomez. Um, Chewy Gomez was a host on Wild One Hundred Seven, later Wild Ninety Four Nine. In fact, he probably still is. He Don't is. you feel like Chewy Gomez probably is still hosting a show on Wild Ninety Four Nine? He's like the he's the king of San Francisco, and there's only I mean, what how, is the, what, can I ask what, what the format of Wild Ninety Seven is? Ninety-five. It's an urban party station. Gotcha. It's like Power One Hundred Five or Power One Hundred Six here. Okay. Yeah, although although the hip hop stations here in Los Angeles uh, just play a lot of dance music. There's a lot of LMFAO on the hip hop stations here in Los Angeles that would not fly. <laughs> and I, even else though in the I, yeah, I even know that's not correct. Yeah, <laughs> it's really weird because you think of Los Angeles as being like the home of gangster hip hop. Mm-hmm. But really, you turn on the hip hop station and you it's turned th- all neon. Yeah, it is seriously oh, it's like, pink like music. It's pink hip hop. Yeah, it is that. Sure. So anyway, Chewy Gomez was the tight pants, big sneakers. Is that mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, was like the... size forty sneakers. I mean, size forty skinny pants. Right. <laughs> Chewy Gomez is the most legendary uh, of all local Bay Area radio personalities, and I'm including Sway from MTV News, who hosted the Wake Up Show, in, based in the Bay Area. Even. Sway. Yeah, he hosted the Wake Up Show, Sway and Tack. Uh, but uh, I'm going to say Chewy Gomez's reputation far eclipsed, at least in my 11-year-old heart. Yeah, mm. for sure. And just meeting any radio host. Well, we, he came up in this conversation because I was talking to Jesse about how wonderfully strange it is to see this voice that I've heard for so long come out of the face that I've never known. Wait, so and did you <laughs> meet him recently? Is that I met Chewy Gomez about five years ago and like Tom it's like it's like it's always like meeting the Wizard of Oz when you meet a radio personality. <laughs> we should explain about Chewy Gomez like <laughs> he's we, a floating head. <laughs> we should explain about Chewy Gomez by the way that this is Chewy C H U Y not yeah. C-H-E-W-I-E for all the Star Wars fans out there. Sure, you're expecting a Wookiee. Yeah. <laughs> no. This Chewy Gomez doesn't celebrate Life Day. Like like all hip-hop... That's Wookiee Christmas, guys. Like Life all hip-hop radio personalities on the West Coast, he's Latino. Because Latino is the ethnicity, uh, along to some extent with Filipino... That like it's uh, the neutralizer. Yeah, exactly. It's the palate cleanser. Exactly. It's like a sorbet. Yeah. It's urban it's the sorbet of ethnicities. <laughs> it's urban enough for black people to let it slide, but it's not so urban that it scares white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's exa- that's why you end up with a morning host who's Latino. Yeah, they have a, a long, healthy, straight braid. Uh huh. Um, he's like five feet tall. Oh, I know. Well, this is the thing. So I'm surprised. I'm supply, surprised, Allie, that you didn't know what Chuy Gomez looks like because if if you can, where where in the Bay Area are you from? 
San Francisco. So I'm also Richmond from District. I'm but. also from San Francisco. I'm from the Mission District of San Francisco, and um, I'm surprised that you did not also, in addition to listening to Chewy Gomez grow up on uh, uh, broadcast on the radio, that you didn't watch him on the California Music oh, the Channel, CMC. <laughs> the after school uh, UHF music video programming that was on channel 20 or something it was amazing he was sitting down the whole jocelyn enriquez all day every day it was this is like bootleg local mtv (laughs) in the bay area hosted by chewy gomez and like chewy gomez beloved local figure and i don't mean to offend chewy gomez but the man looks like a latino troll Oh, he does. He does. Like, Like, make a wish. Like, a charm in a charming way. Like, he's not, it's not that he's so much that he's ugly as that he's like small. He's tiny and round. Yeah. And he's a circle with a ponytail. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, he was sitting down the whole time. Right. In that, I, I watched that every day and I never saw him get up. So you didn't understand the scale of the man. I didn't understand mm. the scale. I should, you're not a six footer yourself, Allie. No, I'm not. You're and not a crazy. huge woman. I mean, woman. I could look him in the eye. Uh-huh. But his voice is just one of those voices. It's, it's like, it just carries so much soul and weight and you see the weight, but you just expect him to be like a, like a big, big punisher. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. It's powerful. It it, it carries it, it carries the weight of of every Bay Area hit from, uh, you know, from Timex Social Club all the way through to uh, Got My Vans On, but they look like sneakers. Vans yes. by the pack. And then for you, Jesse, I I I felt like in your voice, I always imagined sneak uh, like oh not sneakers um glasses. Oh. No glasses, some thick rimmed glasses, tortoiseshell. Yeah. Like a tortoiseshell glass? Yeah. I often uh, get from people when they, you know, see me after having heard me that they imagine me as a vapor. <laughs> <laughs> like a cl- like a mist. Yeah. They're like, oh, so I'm surprised people imagine- that you have mass, they say to me. People imagine me with glasses. People imagine you as gaseous. Right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I try and here's the thing, like there was a long time when um, Ira Glass would not put pictures of himself in public because he Mm. didn't want people to have an he didn't want to uh, engage with that thing where people like the top of LL Cool J's head. Unseen. He was like, I'm going to keep this a mystery. I want to keep people curious. Can I, wait, can I ask something about that? Yeah. I had never heard that LL Cool J didn't, didn't show the top of his head. That's a thing, right? That's a thing that people... It's not something you have to hear. You just, you just have to just You have to infer it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask... You have to spend some time with Cool James. I want to ask how that relates to his song that he rapped over the credits of Deep Blue Sea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that had, and uh, correct me if I'm getting these lyrics wrong, but what isn't what isn't the chorus to Deep Blue to the Deep Blue Sea song? Deepest, bluest, my hat is like a shark's fin. Does that is that some sort of reference to the fact that he doesn't take off his hat? I think well, so. he is known for wearing a kangle. I mean, mm. if there's anyone who has ever in history been known for wearing a Kangol, it's LL. Yeah. I mean, even more than Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. LL Cool J is the man with the Kangol. But that's on his not head. exactly like a. Well, maybe it is like a shark's fin. Well, it's like a shark's fin because if you see LL's Kangol, 
like say popping out in a crowd or something, mm-hmm. you know, he's coming and you know what's going to happen? <laughs> he's going to knock gonna you be, out. There's going to be blood in the water. <laughs> yeah. He's going to knock you out. So if you, so if you As ever... As in his signature tune, I'm yeah. going back to Cali. Sure. Um, okay. That was the only LL Cool J question that I had. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad we could clear that up. Here's my LL Cool J that's all, question. Oh, that's, I've been seeing that pop up on Netflix Instant a lot, and I'm, I'm wondering whether or not to revisit Deep Blue Sea. I probably should, because he stabs a shark in the eye with a crucifix. <laughs> because he's religious. That seems like a good enough reason. Oh, and he has a, pa- a friend that's a parrot. <laughs> anyway. He does? He does, yeah. LL Cool J has, he's the, he's the cook. If I'm remembering Deep Blue Sea correctly, he's the cook on like a, like a, like a sea science lab where they're breeding super sharks and him and his bird friend have to kill the shark by stabbing it in the eye with a crucifix. It seems like they wouldn't let spoiler the, alert. It seems like they wouldn't let the cook have a parrot. Right, because it seems would like, shit in all the food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that almost that almost beats the logline of Shazam. What was the logline of Shazam? Well, Shazam is Shaquille O'Neal is, is a magic. genie that Wait, comes I, out of a boot I box. think that's Kazam. <laughs> a Kazam? So, and I don't mean to. If we're oh, think, maybe. Maybe there, there could be more than one Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> genie movie. <laughs> what if Shaquille O'Neal, like 10 years later, just decided to go back to the, sh- to the Kazam well, yeah. but he couldn't get the rights to Kazam, so he knocked off Kazam and made a movie called Shazam. That would be great. Like for the Korean market? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly for the Korean market, Jordan? Maybe for the Korean I mean, think I, I don't know much about Koreans, but I think they'd be into that. That I, and uh, kicking-based martial arts. Ira Glass wouldn't allow people to see his face. Mm-hmm. And Here. for a long time, his portrait was, I think, his hand in front of his face or him holding something. It was him I remember that. hiding behind his microphone. It was something like that. That was his portrait. Yeah. Which is silly because Ira's a good-looking guy. Yeah. Um, but... I, I, all I can say is that all, all I want is to send out, I'm, I'm a, not a notably attractive man, but I just want my picture to be out there just so I don't have to deal with fucking people telling me that I'm a disappointment to them. (laughs) (laughs) Because I seriously, I could look like Brad Pitt. Yeah. And if you're a radio host, you just go out into the world and disappoint people. That's all you can do is just go out and disappoint people. It's not disappointing, but it's like what, what I think it's very um kind of narcissistic to keep your picture like what Ira Glass did. It's kind of narcissistic to like keep your picture and your voice separate. It's like you're not a book and a movie. You're a person. <laughs> you know, like people will if they put an image to your to your voice, it's it's okay. The world's gonna come crashing down, or just just let it happen. And I guess my my note, my my thought specifically on Ira Glass is that come on, who thought he didn't look like that? Yeah, like, <laughs> honestly, I I mean I understand the philosophy behind that, but Ira Glass is the man perhaps more than anyone who looks like his voice. I would agree with that. Like, really, did someone have a different image of Ira Glass than that? Well, I, here's here's something about Ira that that I found interesting. When Ira was still working as a reporter, mm-hmm. um, he had long hair, mm-hmm. and there was and a, a bird big, friend. <laughs> there was a big there was a big feature in uh, the Chicago Tribune uh, about the day that he, that his hair was shorn. Mm. Uh, so here, I'm going to put a bounty on that article uh, to the person who goes to the library in Chicago and brings us back 
um, brings us back the article in the Chicago Tribune. It is a, the stuff of public radio legend. It's difficult to go to a public radio conference and not have someone tell you about someone they know who's read that article or seen that article. Oh, wow. I feel like if we put so that... So this is like that Jerry Lewis Holocaust movie. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. It's yeah. a secret. Yeah. Are you... Wait, Jesse, are you advocating someone going into the Chicago Public Library and stealing the microfilm? The microfiche. <laughs> the microfiche. The well, I wasn't going to advocate stealing from the Chicago Public Library until I realized that it involved going somewhere and stealing the microfilm, which yeah. is so appealing to me. <laughs> the idea of going somewhere, I mean... How can you not? It's like it's like if there was it's like advocating the installation of a button in a car's dashboard that uh, makes tacks come out of the bumper, <laughs> right? <laughs> or maybe an oil, oil slick. slick. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't not be in favor of stealing the microfiche. Yeah, right. You got to steal the microfiche. Got to steal the microfiche. But we'll, What's I would accept microfilm and microfiche. Micro, I mean, I know microfilm is a MacGuffin for James Bond movies. One is the one that's on a reel, and mm-hmm. one is the one that's on a plate. Oh, okay. And you move it, you know, one's the one where you move it around and one's the one where you roll it through. Yeah. Okay. You know yeah, yeah, about? yeah. That may, I, I'm I don't remember both which of one those is which. Ways of but looking at periodicals. Allie Wong's they a little bit. They both make you feel very professorial. Allie's a little <laughs> right. bit younger than us and she's like, don't you just mean the internet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I'm almost 30 and I do remember using microfiche okay. in high school. No. It was crazy. I was just talking to my friends about like, what do kids have to do that whole thing now where they go buy books and they're no. subject to all those like, where the, you know how the book publishing companies, they become like drug companies. Allie, they, if you're like, going into, if you're going into college now, you can major in sexting. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, I am. Dick pics. Yeah. Dick pic theory. Yeah. Are you joking? I am joking. Oh, <laughs> I would believe that. I don't well, know. I, we went to UC Santa Cruz. You could probably at yeah, least take you know what? You probably could totally create that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, sorry, you wait, you were saying that uh, you wonder if kids do have to do the typical oh, research yeah. project you, rigmarole with encyclopedias well, no, and stuff. Well, no, you like went to buy textbooks and it was like a, it was like security was there because you might steal a textbook because mm. it was worth like $40 and then they would come out with these publishing companies were assholes and they'd come out with new editions. No, they're still into that year. shit. Oh, that shit still, still goes shit. down. And now there's like, there's just put a C ROM in there. <laughs> that's, that's it. They just you put love Loom, though. It's stuff the game. Loom. <laughs> it's just Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, that's just some video game bullshit. Do people actually get disappointed when they meet you? Do they, and of they, course, and they say people the disappointments will fucking to your say face? it. People will say it to you. Like, Give me like a fucking what? What's break. What's the worst thing that someone said to you? I don't want to talk about what the worst <laughs> thing Jesse, relive, relive some bad memories. I would have to, because you know what? Your I have to say that when the only person I've ever really been disappointed, because with Chewy, I wasn't disappointed. With you, I'm not Chewy I'm Gomez not is sort of, I mean, frankly, like Chewy Gomez is sort of like how you picture what he would be like. Yeah. Like he looks like a guy, he looks like a guy, a 40 year old guy. That would hang out at a high school dance, but also you would give him a pass because he seems like a fun guy. <laughs> he's not trying to molest anybody. No, he's no, just so like, wholesome. He just loves to party. Sure. He's literally a pupusa. Yeah. <laughs> he's a pupusa. man. But like, I have to say, this is so bad, but I love Terry Gross. Yeah. But I can't imagine how many people must be so shocked. When they see Terry when Gross? When they see what Terry Gross Why? looks what like. Why? What do they imagine Terry Gross looks like? Her voice like? is fucking sexy. Oh. 
And then she's sexier than the voice, right? Is that the... Is that what you're saying? Mm, I'm not going to say it, because I love Terry so much. You're not into a... You're, you're not into a... a <laughs> 40 to 50-ish pixie-ish no, woman? She's a perfectly much. decent looking... I'm not looking... into Bernal Heights. <laughs> <laughs> it's the San Francisco stuff, Jordan. Okay. We're yeah. just going to be doing some San Francisco yeah, stuff yeah. throughout the course I'll of the episode. I'll just hang out over here. What do yeah. you guys call a... What do you guys call a... Like a sub sandwich over there? <laughs> <laughs> what do we call a sub sandwich? It's called a burrito. Oh, okay. It's called a burrito in sure. San Francisco. We'll be back bread, in just... Bread burrito. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Ali Wong. I am today's guest. Um, someone said something amazing, something magic. I had a magic moment in my life. Mm. I know that as a professional broadcaster, I probably should have boiled that down into one statement <laughs> <laughs> rather than three or four half statements. Well, listen, I think, uh, I think the, 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 the viewer or the listener right now, uh, we can let you guys know we're, we're just spinning our wheels. We're just trying to kill time here. It's like I... when Tyra Banks says on America's Next Top Model, the next name I'm about to call is. <laughs> you just say the name, Tyra. <laughs> just say the magic moment, Jesse. <laughs> I was my wife had a doctor's appointment mm-hmm. and when you have a baby all of a sudden something like your wife having a doctor's appointment becomes like a fucking level five national emergency <laughs> like that shit is so complicated like you have to put the baby in the car mm-hmm. the baby has to come because the baby eats off of the wife <laughs> interesting right yeah the baby eats from the wife and then the so your wife has some sort of sandwich gland or <laughs> how does that <laughs> yes oh okay and your your, mo- your mother is a your mother is a lactation counselor you know about making a cheeseburger yeah you know when she talks about work <laughs> i just kind of zone out uh-huh. honestly yeah so um, and the baby takes has to take naps at certain times, and but when you put it in the car, then it automatically takes a nap, and so you have to drive around in circles. It's literally like a riddle. It fa- it's it, like a plane is going at forty miles yeah, an hour. That's exactly what a it's like. Fox and a bag of grain, yeah, and a chicken. You got to do a handshake with a troll. How do you get the right. chicken off while having so, the plane still go? This was an easy doctor's appointment. <laughs> the classic riddle. We yeah. all know the classic yeah. riddle of the troll. The plane, the fox, and the grain. The answer is they meet in Des Moines. Sure, exactly. It was um, Superman the whole time. So uh, I, this was a relatively easy doctor's appointment, but just an un just a simple pap smear. <laughs> just four hours of nightmare complication of logistics, right? Mm-hmm. So it ended up with we we head down to the hospital so she can go to the doctor. And um, we park in the parking lot, and after I drive, after I drive around because the baby's asleep, I'd have to drive in a circle for forty-five minutes. So I, I, the baby wakes up, and you know, I change him. I'm taking him for a walk, and there's nowhere to walk here by the hospital because it's Los Angeles. There's no things anywhere, mm-hmm. so I'm just walking in a circle around this huge hospital, basically, and I, I get back around. I've just been walking this stupid circle holding the baby, and. I'm walking down the street in front of this parking garage, and this dude will come walking the other direction, black guy, maybe 35, locks eyes with me, just full-on 
locks eyes with me. And I'm like, whoa, some serious shit is about to go down. Like, what is going to happen? Like, I, I was like, I was like ready for anything. Like, yeah. it could be anything. Like, he could tell me that he's in love with me and he's been following me. Like, it could be anything. He could murder me. Now, was in that it instant. LL Cool J? I don't know. They all look the same to me. Oh, okay. Well, you could tell by the you could tell by the hat. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a shark's fin. Did gotcha. you actually get ready? Did you do something to get ready, or were you just emotionally I to, ready? I was emotionally preparing myself for any you were, type you of got shit Bay Area could, ready. Yeah. So this guy locks eyes with me, fully twenty feet away from me, but we're going towards each other. Does he break into a sprint? No. Okay. No, He's but we're both walking confidently. Him because he has some shit to handle and me because I'm going to have to handle whatever shit he has to handle, right? And we get close enough to talk and he just go. he, he, he continues to look into my soul and he just goes, Happy Father's Day to you every day. <laughs> Yay! That's that great. That is very sweet. It's like Earth Day. And then he handed you a DVD of the Robin Williams movie Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was a magical moment in my life. I fully, I've, I swear to God, I fully expected a Black Power salute at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I, I felt like he could, he could have handed me a bean pie Mm -hmm. like whatever (laughs) like there was nothing that could have like he could have he could have had me get on the bus to the million man march right then (laughs) like um it would have been it would have been a time bus fyi right when you go back in time yeah do the million man march but um but then you would you wouldn't be able to go because you had a baby baby's not a man it was he's a he's a little man no sure yeah, you put a little put a little red bow tie on him. Oh, that would be cute. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, it was fucking tremendous. It was like the best thing that has did ever you just, happened did to you me. Did you just look slack jawed, or did you respond? I said thank you. Oh, sure. I don't know what the fuck are you supposed to say. Happy lonely man to you every day. Because what, what did he look like? Yeah, I don't. Did that's you... the thing. The other thing about it, on the other hand, is. That it's also a little sad because I was just carrying my baby. I was not doing any special baby thing. So like it is, I mean, being, to be frank, my wife is a much better parent than I am. (laughs) Teresa is a much more important part of my son's life. She has to get the baby back when you trade it. Yeah. For something. (laughs) That's a big part of her day. I know. I mean, and especially if I eat one of the magic beans and then she's got to go find Sure, she has to make a a deal with the giant. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know how parenting works. Um, But, like, I'm not even that great of a parent. Like, I'm a B-quality parent. Like, I'm not abusive. Well, it really kicks in for men later. Uh Uh-huh. You when the wife is like, I want to get my, but your wife looks banging. But when a lot of women, when they're like, I want to get my body back and I'm going to go work out and do some time for me. What time is it now? It's me o'clock. That's when you have to step in. And she goes and works out and that's has a great, to rub that's a great Teresa scar. impression, by yeah. the way. I mean, it also, sounds just like I her. I met her for just a little. She sounds just like Yeah, no, that. I mean, you're a real sponge for voices. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can tell that. Allie, did you learn about women from that Tim Allen sitcom? <laughs> 
that where you learned about gender relations? I no, don't I learned think it was it. in the Richmond district of San Francisco that you learned about it's me o'clock. I learned it from my siblings. They all have kids and all the men are kind of How many siblings do you have? Three. Okay. And they're all kind of uh, tapped out at first, except Here's... for one, my one sister. Well, it's funny because people ask me, what do, what do people think about you doing stand-up comedy? And one of my sisters is an unemployed lesbian who just had a baby with the sperm donated from her wife's older brother. So I can do whatever. I can. <laughs> <laughs> I can do whatever so the heat's off you. The heat is off of me. <laughs> but they're, they were, they're both very involved. But the feeder is like, it's all about the feeder at first. The one with right. the boobs and the milk. Right. But then after a while, it's like the feeder gets tired and it, and, and you're up. So how old's yeah. your baby now? Seven months. Oh, yeah. And it's a boy? Yeah. Oh, then you're going to go through all those, like, ma- teach you how to man be a man issues. Oh, boy. Sandlot stuff. I don't think I'm... <laughs> it's not going to be my strength, Allie. You're going to be great. Yeah, because uh, once I mean, once Simon turns ten, your wife will go into what is called a chrysalis phase. <laughs> She'll hang from a branch. That's the other thing I learned from the Tim Allen's. <laughs> <laughs> that women are insects. <laughs> women are basically insects. When she the meal clock comes yeah, yeah. first, and then the chrysalis, and then when she emerges, she will eat your head, and you will provide nourishment for the next baby. <laughs> Men are from Mars. Women are from an insect planet. <laughs> Right. Men are from Mars. Women have compound eyes. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So, Ali, I want to talk to you about this for a second because um, Teresa, I mean, uh, my wife Teresa and I have been together since we were 17. Oh, my God. That's so and sweet. It's very sweet. We're, we're very did sweet. Did she go to it's soda, precious. too? She did. We went to high school together Oh, my God. You're like Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi has been with his high school lady forever. We're what? Exact, bon Jovi? We're yeah. exactly like Bon Jovi. You are just like Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I wish I could remember the name of Bon Jovi's guitar player. That would have been a funny thing for me to say. Is that You're like Richie bon Sambora? No, yep. That's it. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't say that, guys. Um... Uh, yeah, no, she's a lot like Heather Locklear, I think. Mm-hmm. That's the one who's married to Richie Sambora, right? Sounds about right. Heather Locklear? Sounds correct. Um, by the way, I watched on Netflix Instant, uh, the best of Triumph the Insult comic dog. Oh, yeah? Yeah, holds up. Yeah, oh, I, really? I did not, I things, could, can't imagine that things it didn't. That, things that I thought were amazingly hilarious when I was 17? Oh, yeah. Yeah, still. Do they still have the J Lo stuff when he's like making fun of J Lo? I didn't J-Lo? see the J Lo, but they did have the Bon Jovi. That's what oh, made nice. me think oh, of it. Okay, yeah. but anyway, I, um, oh, wait. So I you, let's, uh, let's, sure. No, no, no. We're going to talk about we're what else talk holds about, up on Netflix instead. <laughs> we're going to talk about marriages. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, the there's never been any there's never been any family pressure on us to anything, mm-hmm. right? And, or or really that much pressure. I mean, my wife definitely was was ready to go she was like yeah oh baby time yeah um but she she being a very very nice person was not a dick about it oh that's good but um my one of my wife's best friends is our same age and is a good friend of mine too and actually went to high school with us as well lives here in los angeles and i saw that when she turned like 27 ish She's and she's like successful, smart, beautiful, like the whole nine yards. I wish I'd married her. No. <laughs> she's, she's sexy. Better. She's better. She's curvaceous. <laughs> Just can her, suck a dick. Her she can suck a her fucking dick. Is so tight. Her Just, areolas uh, are yeah. perfect. Just symmetrical. <laughs> 
That's what you want in areolas. But she, but I got to witness before my eyes, like the plot of a Sex in the City arc, like a woman go into full on take care of business. I'm gonna find a fucking man. A, I'm gonna find a good man and fucking marry him. Yeah. <laughs> like, boom, boom. Oh yeah. Like, TCB. There's a lot of my friends who... I see a lot of women doing that now. And see, you're a comedian, and so all of the guys that you spend time with are hopeless dipshits. It's horrible. This is the thing. I'm going to tell any women out there is that if, if you're attracted to comedians, this is the trick. They're hilarious. They're life of the party, but then they're a mess at home. They make you laugh. They make you laugh, laugh, laugh. And then you take them home and they wet the bed and borrow money from you. <laughs> Consistently. <laughs> Unless you, you, you're laughing until you feel like their mother. And that's the role you take. As it, that's what's the hardest thing. People are like, is it hard being a female in comedy? It's hard being a mother in comedy. Because <laughs> that's just what ends up happening. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I found a guy who's outside of that. But the thing is, is that women start putting the pressure on because all of your friends start getting snatched up. And then it's just like, you know, it's just like when you're a kid and everyone has a Tamagotchi and you're like, oh, I want a Tamagotchi. That's actually even a bit ahead of my time. You I, got I, a Tamagotchi. No, I yeah. actually didn't get a Tamagotchi. I was more, I was, I still remember get Garbage Pail Kids. Okay. Keep case. Um, but you, like, you were at the point where you got an ironic Tamagotchi. I got an ironic Tamagotchi, exactly. Uh, but, you know, like all my friends now, I'm almost 30 and all my friends are getting snatched up and then you just kind of feel like the last pick. So then you feel like it's more of a reflection of your lack of value. Oh. And then and then that's like, oh, I got to get this going. Oh. And then every, and then it becomes a competition with all the rings and you're left out because you can't participate in the conversation about the diamonds. Who's got who's got the best ring? Yeah, and then with the diamonds. And then you is, and the, all the ladies are putting their diamonds into the middle and then you put in your uh your uh, commemorative Green Lantern ring that exactly. you got from 7-Eleven yeah. when you bought the Green Lantern Slurpee. Yeah, and they're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And, and then you, try, you just try and explain to all of the normal people you know about how comedians become adults at 43. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. And then, you, and then you have to worry. But now I'm like conflicted because now I'm turning 30 and I'm like, I'm I'm about to strong arm my dude yeah. into having a baby before 35. Like I just had the conversation. It's funny with him last night. I was like, we have to have a baby before I'm 35. Like I don't care if we're married or whatever. But it's not a it's not a biological clock. It's like a, I don't want it to be retarded clock. <laughs> you know, because it's serious. Yeah, you don't you don't want to have a developmentally disabled child. I nobody does. That's what happened to me. I and mean, my mom yeah. was my mom was thirty five or something like that. That's what, how I ended up like this. Sure, my mom was forty when she had me. Yeah, are you the youngest? I am the youngest. You know, we don't want to perpetuate the cycle. Yeah, we I don't. I don't. <laughs> we don't want to raise more people like this. No, Yeesh. broken. But like, husks, were your parents? Husks. Your parents were kind of oldish then. When yeah, I mean, my parents older than other parents. My parents, both of my parents had. I think what happened, frankly, with both of my parents was they both had whole lives, just whole lives, crazy lives. My dad was in a war, and my mother was a drug dealer, 
and my dad was married and my mom was married and my mom made clothes for Miles Davis and oh was God. friends with Gil Scott Heron and blah 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 like blah big blah fish. and my dad was in <laughs> all kinds of crazy shit and then um and then they were like 36 or something like that they were both living on the east or they were no that's not true my dad was in my dad was in Berkeley but my mom moved from the east coast to the bay area uh because she was like well i'm she sold her house and moved to the Bay Area and was just like, I want to have a baby. And then uh, she met my dad, um, who at the time was an alcoholic. Um, she may have been, too, at the time. Hard to say. Um, <laughs> and um, they were just like, yeah, this person seems okay. Ah. And then uh, I think, not sure... History's a little hazy on this. Family history is a little hazy when you have divorced parents mm. that hate each other. But uh, I think maybe my mom tricked my dad into impregnating her. Mm-hmm. And then they got married. She used the old, you can't get pregnant in a hot tub routine, right? My dad is like, nothing in my, in my six years at UC Berkeley prepared me to handle that line. Um, I think she had her Norplant secretly removed. Um, which is really dastardly. Um, but, uh, yeah, then like, but they had like 20 year adult lives before I entered the picture at all, which on the one hand, like, that's amazing that they had adult lives. On the other hand, they were completely ill prepared to have a relationship with each other, which is why their relationship was a total disaster. Um, and also like they, in, in, like my wife's parents are 15 years younger than they are and they got together, uh, immediately after high school in the mm-hmm. summer between high school and college, although my wife's dad didn't go to college, but, um, in the summer between uh, when they were 18 it's like and, you and they've and wife. had a happy marriage for 35 years now. Um, so who fucking knows? You know, uh, on the on the on the parent front, my mom is getting remarried. Wow! No way! Yes, absolutely. And how old is she? She is uh, sixty-five. Congratulations! Date uh, E Harmony. Wow! That is really cool, man. We are not Jays. I resent the implication that we are Jays. <laughs> Smoke some Jays, <laughs> but that's about as far as I go. Um, do yeah, you like the guy? I do like the guy. You'll yeah, puff I'll a puff a J. Yeah, um, you gotta get your verbs. You gotta. It's called verb agreement. Can you Jordan. not say smoke a J? <laughs> I think you, it's called verb agreement. Mm, okay, excuse me. Uh, I do like the guy. Yeah, he's delightful. E Harmony is amazing. One of my best friends didn't have a boyfriend until very recently, and she met him on E Harmony. She's a fun Christian. Very hard to find another fun Christian. And now she is literally engaged to John the Baptist. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Who is and, the modern day John the Baptist? Yes. <laughs> she had never had a boyfriend. And he, after, I think it was like eight months of them dating, he uh, emailed me 
And he said, I want to propose to Eileen. And he said, get all <laughs> you know, of- And then you emailed back, you know I'm not her mom, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he said, I want to get you and all of her best friends together to do a flash mob proposal. So they're both of their last names are Chu, C-H-U. And so he had all of us fly up so to San Francisco. So they'll be choo-choo. Yeah. Choo hyphen choo. Exactly. And we made these... We made these After uh, the Dreamcast game, choo-choo rocket. <laughs> we made these t-shirts at the wedding proposal that said, I choo-choos you. Oh, that's a Simpsons <laughs> reference! That's the best! That's and great. we wanted to have a picture of Ralph Wiggum, but we had a picture of them kissing instead. Terrific. And we, uh, we all like surprised her. She showed up uh, in front of her garage, and we were all outside of her garage dancing to Janet Jackson's "Love Would Never Do Without." Chew. <laughs> what? And uh, we did like a whole choreographed dance, and I got very emotional during. It. I started crying. That's terrific. Because I was very jealous. Oh, and uh, and it was amazing. God. E-harmony. Love it should be like an e-harmony air. ad. Okay, uh, I okay on the topic of online dating and fun Christians. Uh, I feel like I see the banner ad for Christian Mingle a lot. That's huge. Uh, which is the Christian version of J Date, um, and the and maybe it's just a targeted ad thing, but the women that they put uh, on the banner ad for Christian Mingle just have giant tits, and I don't think that's okay. <laughs> But, I mean, God made them with giant tits, so I guess that's okay. But it seems like, I don't know, is that is that against, is putting these giant tits on display against everything that Christian Mingle stands for, I wonder. Is there a cleavage or? Yeah, yeah, there um, is. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not a woman in a tasteful sweater and then you can like <laughs> tell, you're like, oh boy, when the sweater comes off. It's not like a, tw- it's not someone wearing a twin set, like a no, cardigan. No, and, no, 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 no. This is a, it's a tank top situation. It's the internet. Situation. They still have to Yeah, compete. no, and I mean, you know, and, and, and yeah, I guess it doesn't have to lead to, lead down to sinfulness. I guess it's not inherently sinful to admire a woman's bosom. Do you think that's because you're looking at it on male-oriented websites, and if you were looking <laughs> at it on Better I mean, Homes on and Gardens... Hub, this- banner for christian mingle appears and exactly there's these outrageous boobs i know uh but yeah maybe if you do yeah oh of course on pornhub <laughs> the christian mingle uh the christian mingle banner ads are sexual but, I mean, but yeah maybe if do you, you f- do go on you know if you go the, hgtv.com or something sure, it's like probably that, just a nice it's just a nice set of balls exactly <laughs> Some, like a nice groat sure this is christianmingle.com <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm really impressed that your mom, who's 65, was able to answer all of those questions on eHarmony. Like, she was that savvy at the internet. Yeah, my mom, yeah, my mom is definitely not someone who can use the internet, and she's gotten a lot better at it, but because of the boyfriend she got on eHarmony. Um, wow. he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tech-savvy guy, so he's teaching her how to text and how to, like, make a Facebook profile and stuff like that. So my mom had a Facebook profile before I did. That's um, really cool. Congratulations, Sharon. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. What great news. Sure, it is great news. But yeah, I don't know if, to, if I have to do anything in the wedding or not. I probably oh. have to throw the bachelor party. <laughs> oh, man. Which will be awkward. That would be very uncomfortable. Are a lot of your guys' friends all married now? No. I'm, I mean, the reality is that most of my friends... I mean, I have some friends who are older than me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have some friends who are... The elderly. <laughs> ...grown-ups. You know, like my our friend and colleague, John Hodgman, 
uh, is a good friend of mine. He is a grown-up with children and a wife. But he has always been a grown-up with children and a wife. Most of my friends who are my peers essentially have the same life that they had when I met them when we were 19. <laughs> like, there has not been significant... Like, I would say that of people that I know, I would say that Jordan has actually, believe it or not, made some of the biggest strides toward adulthood. And Don't I like that, believe it or not. Take it a little offense at that. That's fine. Go ahead. And I, I say that as he sits before me in uh, athletic shorts with paint on them. <laughs> sure. And his a squirrel with wings t-shirt. And yes. I'm pretty sure that... I will say that I'm not... Ca- I, I, I'm pretty I sure that when... I have an exercise day before I come here. When Jordan... I'm pretty sure that when Jordan travels, he may bring his Xbox with him. I, I considered <laughs> buying a special backpack for it once. Now I just make do with my Nintendo 3DS. So, um, but I, yeah, I mean, most of my friends that are that are in my peer group, no, my wife's friends, yes. But I think I think just when you like know comedy people, like they only seem to become, they only seem to like become adults at forty. It's amazing, so especially in Los Angeles when when people that you know are very work oriented in the entertainment industry and somebody even somebody who's very responsible, like in a responsible power couple, um, you know, like uh uh I, you know, uh, our friends Chris Hardwick and Janet Varney, you know, they okay. Um if you it, like people people who are, you know, who are brilliant, talented, whatever, you know, that are grown-ups that, you know, they can be 35 years old and they will get to the very end of a lady's ability to make a baby before they get married and make a baby. Yeah, they're yeah. really pushing it. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this about my group, it is that they are... Uh, not that many people are married, but everyone is living with the person that they're dating. Uh, so yeah, I am definitely the. I definitely feel like now I'm the lone single guy at the couple's party for sure. Um, yeah, everybody's living together. Everybody has like furniture stories, um, and yeah. Anyway, well, it really most changes people is when have people a furniture have the store. kids. Yeah, it's when people have the kids. That's when it's like it's over because you hang out with them, and it's all about the kid. It really is, and it's like the, uh, but you know, I think for like I, I hope none of my friends have kids anytime soon, because you'll afraid you're afraid you might kill it. I'm afraid I might kill it because oh I'm jealous because it's taking away attention from our time together. Mm-hmm. Or you just can't do like all. It's harder to order, organize flash mobs exactly. When you've got a baby who's exactly. got a sleep schedule. You can't like my friends and I. Sometimes we'll still go to Disneyland. And we'll do the kind of thing where we'll, like, pack Spam and rice, and then we'll, like, all share a turkey leg, and we'll just, like, do a whole, whole Wait, organized what? trip. <laughs> you pack Spam and rice and share What's is that? This a secret that the, is this a secret way of going to Disneyland that only Asian Americans know about? Yes. It's how you save money on the food at Disneyland. You bring just, like, Spam's, Spam and- Spam Sushi. 
Do they not check your bag? For they don't check our bags. Oh, okay. And then you wear it like we all wear fanny packs. And then you put the so spam sushi shove, in there. Okay. Wow. That does and not then you sound. All sh- and the turkey leg is the best value. It's seven dollars. And then you bring Ziploc bags to put the leftover turkey in. Oh, and then you kind of periodically throughout the day you go into your plastic bag filled with turkey meat that you've separated <laughs> yes. from the boat and you continue yes. to eat that and with you your hand yeah. <laughs> out of a plastic bag inside your fanny pack exactly and then if you really want to treat yourself you go for a churro churros are great but churros otherwise that's how you go to disneyland and me and my girlfriends have a very like good system of doing that we go we're gonna go see the hunger games we have a very like would like you pack set, spam wait, for the Hunger we're Games? We're going to definitely spa- pack spam for the Hunger Games. <laughs> but, you know, once you have a kid, it's like, now we have to see the Lorax. Now we have to be in, like, a greenhouse bacteria farm with a bunch of children. And <laughs> we don't do, like, the things that we want to do Here's anymore. Here's the thing, Allie. The, the, the flaw in your theory is that if you lived in my neighborhood, yes. you would know that it doesn't matter what movie you're going to see. It's gonna be a greenhouse bacteria. bacteria. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be six year olds running around and sneezing uh, on you. Seriously, you could go see The American starring George <laughs> Clooney, and there would be a six year old Latino child putting <laughs> putting raisinets on your head. <laughs> That's be, how Mount Washington rolls. Is this a very Latino neighborhood? Like, Mount Washington is a very mixed neighborhood, but the immediately proximate neighborhoods are very Latino neighborhoods. Oh, well, you know, did you did I tell the joke about where I live, Pico and Crenshaw? No. Oh, I live at Pico and Crenshaw, very Mexican Korean neighborhood. It's also known as Trans Salvador. <laughs> Mexicans and the Koreans are in constant racial warfare and their weapons are loud music versus frowning. <laughs> the, the only time they come together is over the fact they're both scared of black people. That's the only time <laughs> they bond. But it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going that. I think I was just trying to one-up you with your raisinets on the head thing because I get like cards on my car that are like, Come to Gino's uh, discount Jesus figurine store where you can also get your smog checked and sell your gold. <laughs> so everywhere in my neighborhood, I mean, it's a one-stop shop farm. because if you sell your gold, you're using it to buy Jesus figurines. Exactly. So it's it's great. You can it's like it's like Target. Yeah. No, that's fun. That sounds fun. It is fun. Well, I'm actually like it's. Uh, I I mean it's it's the hood, and I actually like living there because there's like a, a everything is cheap there. You can get like socks around the corner that are like three for a dollar. Everything is what? three for a dollar. Three one thing. Yeah. One thing about Los then Angeles. You have to buy two sets so you can. So you'll have six socks total. One thing that's nice about Los Angeles is that one of the advantages of the fact that it is so vast is that there really are parts that are abandoned by by people with money. <laughs> yeah. So there will just be like you really can buy a $1 sandwich. Yeah. Like you want to buy a sandwich for a dollar? Yeah, we can do that in Los Angeles. You have to go to the $1 sandwich neighborhood, but you can get it done. Yeah. Like it's sort of like when I, I sometimes I'll watch the t- television program. Do you program. need a yard of dinosaur fabric? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes I'll watch the hit television program American Pickers from uh, History Network, mm-hmm. and um, on this show what they do is they drive around and they buy things from uh, 
antique stealers who pretend not to be antique stealers for the purposes of uh, network television. But anyway, they have all these people have all these barns full of crap. And the thing that marvels that boggles my mind isn't that they have so much crap. I mean, my mom is an antique stealer. I understand that people have a lot of crap. It's that they have these barns like because I'm from San Francisco where like my my mom has never hasn't owned a house since she moved to the Bay Area 40 years ago. Yeah. And so um and so the idea that a that a that a person that has a torn t-shirt could have multiple buildings oh, yeah. just explodes my brain. It's crazy. Anytime you travel in America, that's that's what's always insane. Like I went to St. Louis, a movie was $5. A house was five dollars. Yeah, everything is five. A sandwich, five dollars. Yeah, everything is five dollars. Just go. Oh, you just gotta get. That's why it's sort that's of why like Los Angeles for, is cool, except for beers that are two dollars. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like how you used to. They used to say if you go to Eastern Europe, you have to bring uh, Levi's blue jeans. You used to have to bring a suitcase full of five dollar bills. When you travel to uh, the other less less densely populated parts of the United States of America, but it is cool in Los Angeles. You can find places that are kind of like that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, it right? Is crazy. You just go to it. You can just find in Los Angeles, in the city of Los Angeles, you'll be in a neighborhood that is nothing but carburetors. <laughs> <laughs> like very specialized. How did I, how did I get to carburetor town? Yeah, it's like Mad Max yeah. in some places. Well, my boyfriend is moving here soon, and he was, he's like, he keeps From trying where? to make a push for Venice, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we are not fucking living in Venice, because there's a rich tax that comes with living in a place like that. And now, when, now, now that I live in Trans Salvador, is like, I'm not paying more than 79 cents a pound for papaya. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. I have a papaya budget, I, and it is fixed. Yeah, I need I to live near wig shops. Budget. If there aren't wig shops <laughs> around, that means everything's going to be uh, cost like $3 more. That was something that, was something that when, when, I lived in, uh, when I lived in Silver Lake, uh, which is a sort of uh, a fully gentrified neighborhood in Los Angeles... I found myself getting so resentful of the shortage of uh, ethnic things that I had taken for granted my entire life, I guess. I didn't know that I had taken it for granted until because I had lived, I had grown up in the mission in San Francisco, and then I had lived in the beach flats in Santa Cruz, and then I had lived in the, uh, and then I had lived in the Western Edition in San Francisco, and then I lived in Koreatown in Los Angeles. People, and so, no one told you that most of America is just Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> <laughs> Something that didn't. Uh... Well, I mean, you don't even have access to the Buffalo Wild Wings in sure. Silver Lake. Like, there's no place that you could go to get. A thousand papayas. Yeah. Like there's some shit that I just feel like you should be able to get a thousand of for a dollar. <laughs> and it's mostly like tropical fruits or like, and it's not that it should be a particular thing. It's just in my mind, every neighborhood had some things that you could go and get that were the things of that neighborhood. And then I realized, oh no, except some neighborhoods don't have a bunch of poor ass immigrants with really good taste in whatever the thing is that people like in their home country yeah you know what i mean like filipinos love adobo we were talking about last week on the show so if you're in a fucking filipino neighborhood there's probably some good ass adobo and also if there's a lot of people that just came to the united states they probably don't got that much money so the adobo probably costs six dollars right 
Yeah. yeah and that shit doesn't exist in Silver Lake. That's... Allie, I'll, I'll tell you this. In If you move to Venice, mm-hmm. your papaya budget will be strained, <laughs> but you will save a lot of money on those long skateboards that... <laughs> Uh, you can ride while being pulled by a golden retriever oh, who has amazing. a bandana. Oh, that's right. I can fully, so I can, like that, I can just, fully embrace my alter ego, Wavy Davy. Sure. <laughs> there are some, there are some uh, shady parts of Venice. If if that's what you're looking for, yeah. I no, have, I mean, that, uh, like that Anthony Kiedis Point Break. I have a part. friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I yes. have a friend who uh, I have a friend who lived in Venice. Who was a guest on this show? I think I I won't say who who or I won't say her name because I think she told me not to tell this story. With with her name attached to it because mm. she was worried about reprisals. Mm. Um, but she lived in Venice and um, she actually had police officers running a drug surveillance out of her house. And they literally said to her, um, you need, and it was on a gang, a regular gang, not like, it wasn't like a, a you surf know. gang, <laughs> like Point Break. <laughs> it wasn't a surf gang. It wasn't like uh, it, it wasn't like they were running it on a you know on a bunch of you know vampire weekend cocaine dealers, um, you know in in boat shoes and Lacoste polos. Um, but it was a it was a real cholo if they, gang. If they updated the Warriors, that would be one of the gangs. <laughs> if they did a, new, a Warriors reboot, there would be a like a, a vampire weekend. Band. Yeah, they look like they're going yachting. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, it, drug dealers with shoulder pads. The police officer. Right. She said that the police officers were like uh, said to her, uh, "You need to move out of here." Oh my god! And when the police officer just straight up says that to you. Like, just straight says it to you, like, no. So she was like, okay. Uh, and she moved to Santa Monica or some shit. Mm. But um, <laughs> their police officer was running a fucking... And just said, you need to leave here. Wow. And so she just called her landlord and said... Um, a cop told me to leave. A, a police officer <laughs> that was running a stakeout for three weeks in my house <laughs> told me that I need to leave it. Can I break my lease? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, what Good, the fuck I'm is... going to tell that story to my boyfriend and maybe he'll forget about Venice. Yeah, fuck Venice. Fuck, fuck Venice. that bullshit. Well, that's the thing. Move is to that... Mount Washington. This shit's maybe nice. Maybe I should. Yeah, this is nice. I yeah, like... We'll make you a cake. I, too, am very used to like living around people of color. And it's like, that's the thing about San Francisco. It's like, it's all... I love gay you people have and I to love it. Asians. You have access to it. But it's all gays and Asians in San Francisco now. And that's why I really appreciate L.A. because the ethnic enclaves in L.A., are so legit. They're so <laughs> legit. And so, like, the thing is, is that about those gentrified neighborhoods, is that, I mean, they're nice and everything, but that's the thing, is that the ethnic food is, like, no good. It's all watered down. The Thai food is, like, it's all full a, of it's sugary. All a, it's all a fusion. It's yeah, all been, it's totally it's all combined all with tacos. A fusion. It's not, it's all combined with tacos. It's not, none of it's ever spicy enough. It's there's not it enough, has mayonnaise. There's not enough crickets in it. There's not enough crickets or pork clit. It's very disappointing. <laughs> you get a lot of umami from that pork clit. You do. It's it dripping with, comes from. with umami. It's a full flavor. Mm-hmm. It's a full flavor. Have Jordan, you had an umami burger? Full flavor. Yes. Yeah. What do yeah. you guys think? That's a very it's real tasty. good. It's real good. I've had it some inconsistency uh, there. 
It's you know frank, it's one of the umami to, uh, for for people who don't know umami burger is 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 something that's guess becoming a chain in L.A. I don't know if they have them other places. It's it's you know it's a Asian inspired twelve dollar burger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by um, Asian inspired we mean they just put some random Chinese characters up on the wall. Right, yeah. sure. Maybe, yeah, I don't you, think the burgers a, have anything. You, you could get with a Asia. Sapporo. Isn't that little cracker they put on it? Some sort of tradition of Asian cooking. I don't know. Yeah, I anyway, mean, it's Asian inspired. There's a little cracker on it. It's you Asian inspired there. in the sense that the Rainforest Cafe is rainforest inspired. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's one of those places that, like, you know, is easy to hate on because people don't shut up about it. And, you know, it's probably full of dicks, but it's really, really good. It so is really good. The problem, yeah, the problem with it, it, I mean, I have to say that of all the L.A. bullshit that I've participated mm-hmm. in my five years or whatever it is, six years in Los Angeles, it is the one thing in of all of those things that has most delivered. Yeah, that and Father's bullshit. Office. I haven't needed a Father's oh, Office. Oh, yeah, amazing. Father's Office is good, too. It's amazing. Allie and everybody listening, if you're coming to LA, the new shit's Golden State. The Golden State. Really? Yes. Uh, it's on it's on Fairfax, across from Cantor's. That's the burger. Huh. I don't know. Low uh low dick ratio in nice. there. Uh that's huge. Nice beer selection, Golden State. I don't know. I went there I went there one time. I thought it was good, but it uh, it didn't change my life. I'm Fair into enough. the no substitutions thing at a father's office. Oh, they that's have nice. no substitutions. Nice. So they're like, vegan, get the fuck out of here. Like, lactose intolerant, get the fuck out right. of here. We, so we, I just have to we are angry at the customer. We are angry at the customer. <laughs> we, it was, yes, we do not trust the customer's Nazi. taste. Yeah, it was all, it's awesome. I don't like any restaurant that has a something about it that I'm supposed to want to tell other people about. You just don't like com- you don't yeah you seem to I be, don't like you said, reputation. You seem to ha- don't like conversations about food. It seems to it seems to irk you for some reason. No, I just don't like except cit- cit- various citruses. No, I just don't like things that are obviously designed to try and trick me into telling someone. <laughs> you know, else yeah, about you don't it. like being forced into buzz marketing. Yeah, as I our friend John Hodgman would say. I don't like I don't like things where it's obviously designed to have a long line outside. <laughs> like, and I feel like that is all of Los Angeles's food culture is built around trying to. D- trying get to in like line. get in yeah. whatever line everyone else is in. It's true. That's the thing that I, makes me uncomfortable. I just want to eat some fucking tacos. <laughs> <laughs> just give me some fucking tacos. By the way, tacos la estrella. That's what I say. Yeah. Go eat some fucking tacos la estrella. I haven't been there. Fifty second in York. Do in they have the Island real Park. deal, like the tongue and all that other stuff? Oh, yeah, sure. And oh, it's yeah. very good. Okay, that's good. Tiny piece of brain. Yeah, sure. Nice. Seriously, well, do you guys get down with that? Yeah, I fuck, I fuck with all that shit. Yeah, it's not actually brain, it's cheek. Oh, that they have oh okay. I mean, they may, they That's may make brain, stuff. but it's. Cheek. That's the best stuff. It's and fucking it's, hella good. It's so funny because you grew up in the mission, so you yeah. know that. But it's like it's so interesting how all that stuff is becoming the fancy stuff now. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm Vietnamese, and it's just so weird that like all the stuff that I got made fun of as a kid for eating like bone marrow mm-hmm. and cartilage <laughs> and like that's all. That's all the fancy shit now that people want to eat, and people are paying top your mom, dollar. Your mom whipped all your ways. vegetables into a foam, right? Exactly. Before, while she was cooking for you. Yeah. That's she... how you get, get the kids to eat their vegetables. Yeah, she made bok choy beignets. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. She'd, she'd, uh, she'd dip it in, what's that, freezing gas? 
You would just uh, inhale yeah. your banh mi, right? Yeah. Like, right. Not inhale it as in eat it quickly, but inhale it in a gaseous Your mom would yeah. turn it into a vapor. She yeah. would, would be a cotton candy banh mi. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It is Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Allie Wong, today's guest. Um, hey, how about this? Mm-hmm. Why don't you go to it? A beloved Gosh, sponsor. A beloved sponsor of Jordan Jesse Go. Week in, week out. They're there for you. Keeping the lights on. Making pixelated arts. Mm-hmm.coms. You want to make a pixelated picture of a dog? Makepixelart.com. Want to make a pixelated picture of a deer? Makepixelart.com. You want to make a pixelated picture of some balls? Makepixelart.com. Sure. You, if you want to make a pixelated version of the ChristianMingle.com banner ad <laughs> featuring a Christian woman with giant tits, Makepixelart.com. And they also have an app. There is an app. Smart telephone. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, this is the absolute last week for the Kickstarter stack soap. Hey. This is the world's most efficient soap. <laughs> That's a slogan I'm going to pitch to them. Yeah. The world's most efficient soap. This is why, because once... Well, I mean, I mean, Jesse, I mean, you know, you know from having watched Mad Men that yeah. uh, advertising needs to be sexy. Right. There needs to be an element of sex or the suggestion of sex. So I right. think that really, you know, that really fits the bill. Right. Because a... what is sex if not efficient? <laughs> it has a one side is concave so that when you get to the end of this when you just have a sliver of soap left you can put it on to the next bar and it just fits right into the concavity oh, on amazing. the next bar and then it makes a beautiful like tree new... rings yeah you can okay have like a bunch of oh, yeah. piles I, of soap i <laughs> guess it's like tree rings well, then you can tell how old the soap how is how old the soap is well yeah. no then you work straight through the so because it's on the got yeah. it. That is very efficient. Yeah, and that way you're not wasting soap. You're not wasteful. It's like I tree like rings that. in the sense that both tree rings and this are good for the environment. Yeah, my boyfriend. Well, my boyfriend's all about it. He's he's a vegan, so he he's very new age. Although he doesn't like to call himself new age because he's like in the same way that hipsters don't like to call themselves hipsters. Right. You sure. don't want to think you're like a cookie cutter. Yeah. Don't call me dude. new age. Excuse me. I have to eat these crystals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike anybody else, I have to put my tapestry on my bed. I'm on a crystal cleanse. That's where you only drink crystal juice. Sure. Crystal light, too. You can also drink crystal light that's made of crystals. Yeah. He uses soap that that. is not efficient. Mm. Really? Yeah. He uses that soap that's like... Oh, because it can't have tallow in it. Exactly. Mm. So it's like it doesn't froth up. It doesn't... It doesn't um, do things like clean or wash. <laughs> right. It's awful. This That's going to be a big battle when we move in together. This so. guy sounds oh, yeah. stanky. It sounds like the that maybe the the neighborhood thing will be tough because you want to be in close proximity to various ethnic meats. Yes. And the, I mean, I think that when you, you know, in the places you're describing, the meat smell is definitely a big part of the atmosphere. Yes, and anyway. he wants to be near yoga. <laughs> you're just going to be like, hey, sweetie, I gotta, I'm got i going to head out and cop a few trotters. Yeah. <laughs> that was, you know, funny being near yoga. Between when me and my wife were moving, a big issue for us was that she needed to be near a premium coffee vendor. 
Oh my god. It's the god. same thing. Like you only that's the problem. Like I I don't the the I don't could not give a shit about anything that's in a gentrified neighbor like all the advantages of gentrified neighborhoods besides I guess Safety, Safety. <laughs> but, still living, but like no I'm a helicopters but like, at night. I'm a big dude, and also no ice cream truck with warped speakers. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a bit a. I'm not going to move to a really, really shitty neighborhood. Yeah, and B. I'm a big dude, and I'm from a shitty neighborhood, so I know how to handle myself so that I don't. I'm not. It's not going to be really bad. Mm-hmm. You just carry a baby. Yeah, you and just hope <laughs> that someone just looks in the eye. Happy and Father's say Day. Happy yeah. Father's Day every day. But but the, if you want to be proximate to premium coffee, you can't live in the hood. You can't live in Cannot the live hood. in the hood. Anyway, stacksoap.com. I believe we have presented a compelling case. <laughs> Argument for stacksoap.com. For stacksoap.com. Anyway, it's the, this is the last week of the uh, Kickstarter. It ends on Wednesday. So if you want to get in on it, get over there. Mm. Um, nothing on the Jumbotron this week, but you can get up there. MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It is cheap. It is cheap to get a one-off message on Jordan Jesse Go. Plug your podcast. Uh, wish your friend happy birthday. Um, you know, propose to somebody Ali Wong style. Um, maximum yeah, fun. You, you have Justin? a clever proposal that, that includes a Simpsons reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maximumfun.org slash jumbotron. And, uh, if you want to sponsor, uh, if you want to sponsor our show or any of the maximum fun shows, be sure to get in touch with our development director, Teresa at Teresa at maximum fun. Dot O-R-G. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse. Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm Allie Wong, today's guest. We're having fun, huh? Yeah, aren't we? Fun to we got a new friend, Allie Wong. Sure. It's like our new best pal. Yeah, basically. Did you know that you were our best pal now and that comes with a lot of responsibility? Like what? You know, like keeping us entertained. Like if I'm bored, <laughs> I'm going to expect you to like have an activity or like, mm. you know, invite me to wherever you are. So, flash yeah. mob propose to you. Yeah. Would, if you would please organize Get a flash mob. Order a umami burger Like it can you. be you, but I mean, it seems like you already got a thing going. So just like <laughs> find a super hot friend and flash mob. Proposed to me on her behalf. I like the Port and Stilton burger. <laughs> so if you could just bring one of those by. I don't get to leave the house much since I had a child. Mm. So I actually went on a date last night with my mm. wife. I went on a date last night with my, uh, you know, my paramour. Sure. Um, I went a on... paramour is secret love. Yeah. You. That's. Oh, are you guys? Ke- oh, I'm sorry. Are you guys keeping that under wraps? <laughs> But I'm in love with my wife. Yeah, sorry. I didn't, no. I didn't I was mean to spill it. the beans. The second thing I said was a joke. No. But my wife, uh, my wife and I, I sure. actually did go with my wife. And uh, we, uh, it was literally the first time that we had been uh, like out of the house together mm-hmm. uh, without the baby since the baby was born oh my God. on a date. Seven months. It was weird. It was weird. It was weird. Where did you guys go? Uh, we went out to dinner. We went to a fancy French re- French restaurant. Oh, that sounds fun. Did you yeah. make it through our dinner without talking about the baby? Yes. Wow. Oh, yeah. So no, impressed. there was no... We, it, the reason we were ready to not talk about the baby, all that shit about, like, all you can think about is the baby, oh, no. All I could think about was anything but the baby. My, my in-laws were here. The baby was asleep. 
I trust my in-laws with the baby. My in-laws are great. They're like, fuck the baby. <laughs> but what was what sucked is, you don't know this, Allie, Jordan does, our listeners mostly do, is that I get migraine headaches. And I've been working like crazy lately. And, and one of the things about migraines is, for a lot of people, including myself, stress is a migraine trigger. But the way that it is a trigger often is that um, because migraines like because migraine brains like stasis, they like things to be the same, and then they freak out when things change. When you get under stress, they don't necessarily that doesn't necessarily trigger a migraine. But when you stop being under stress, that will trigger a migraine. So yesterday was my first day off in forever, and uh, I got a migraine. So I had I was like I was all doped up on migraine pills on mm. my first date with my wife. I was like sort of half open eyes. <laughs> <laughs> can you dr- can you trying dr- to put can rack you drive of lamb in my mouth? Taking those. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not a great idea. I sometimes think wonder whether I should. Mm-hmm. I kind of just do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck know? it. Fuck it, right? Are they good that like the kind of the kind of pills where like you almost look forward to getting No, they just the make me really oh. they just make me sleepy and make everything seem harder. I see. Yeah. Theraflu is pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Theraflu is nice. I just took it a couple nights ago and it was amazing. I, as in I was drinking it, my boyfriend was like, all right, I have 15 minutes before the alley as I know her disappears. <laughs> so let's have a very important conversation about <laughs> yeah. our relationship. Yeah. My wife loves migraine medication, Jesse, because when I take my migraine medication, I become, my wife is very nurturing. You're not holding your head and screaming. Well, yes, that too. I'm not <laughs> Curled up, curled up on the floor of the shower, <laughs> crying, like generating as much water out of my eyes as is coming out of the. But um, no, what what it is is that I, my wife is a very nurturing person, mm. and um, I need her help, and also um, I also because because I remember when I didn't have help with my migraines, both before I lived with my wife. And also just um, my parents were divorced, and so either my mom would be working or going to school. My mom worked and went to school for much of my childhood, both. and then, Or my dad also didn't really believe that my migraines were real for much of my childhood. And so, um, it, like, I just had to just, just deal with it. And also there wasn't even pills when I was for a significant period of my childhood. And so... The fact that my wife will like cook me some food or something, because my pills work pretty good, you know, but they leave me a kind of a tired, exhausted mess and everything seems really hard. And so that she'll cook for me, like I could cook for myself, I could get it together to make pasta, but it would be just a fucking the hardest pasta you could ever make. The fact that she'll do it, I get so appreciative I'm just like, Teresa, I love you. <laughs> like, can I have a hug? Like, and to her, that is like the best because Happy I'm Mother's not... Mother's Day to you. Every day. Every day. day. <laughs> every day. Did you, are you, day. Do you maybe think that that guy, when he said Happy Father's Day, was that code for follow me if you want to do some gay stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Like Father's Day. Father's Day. Father's Day. I am the father. You are the petulant child. Right. And I will spank you 
before putting my dick in you. Like Father's Day is a, is a gay code, like foot tapping or yeah, uh, wearing what, a carnation on a certain lapel, right? Or which pocket you put a, a handkerchief mm-hmm. in? Yeah, I, I that would be nice. That, yeah, maybe that's that would the be a new, compliment. Maybe that's the new. Are you a friend of Dorothy? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like one of the great. I, I on the whole, I'm a big supporter of the gay liberation movement. <laughs> Some aspects of it. Either way, it's positive. positive. You know, overall, I'm a big supporter of gay rights. I'm glad that uh, human dignity has been afforded. You know, uh, that 10% of our nation's population uh, for the on the whole, and I'm happy to fight for it into the future. Uh, however, one disappointment is that it does remove much of the necessity for the special secret codes. <laughs> like the fact <laughs> yeah. that and now the only I miss those the earring one that was big when we were yeah. when we were kids. and special secret fuck places also yeah. sure like I I mean ultimately I mean you can have like a special secret place where you go to have a non do anonymous fucking but like why would you do that when you can just have an app. Do you think, yeah. <laughs> do you guys think, like, you know, obviously in, in, you know, a big, a big, big trend in our big cities is the, are these kind of like retro bars. Right. You know, you got a guy with a waxed mustache, he's muddling something in a cocktail, there's a lot of taxidermy on the wall, it's, you know, it's that, that's a big trend. Do you think there's that in the gay community, but like no one acts real gay, you just go to a place and have a newspaper and tap? <laughs> is there a, do you think there's a market for that like gay nostalgia club like a 1958 gay bar right yeah i i would that sounds fun everything now yeah. in the gay community they're like it's just so out you have know, you it's been not... to the Folsom street fair recently jesse i haven't been recently no it's so just different. as a kid <laughs> <laughs> so in san francisco there's this have you heard of the Folsom street fair uh no i have not it's this huge we come from San Francisco. It's an amazing place. It's an amazing place. It's like a big really S&M fair, hadn't right? Really heard. And then there's these men who dress up like nuns. It's a lifestyle it's the fair. Okay. And it's the, men who dress up like They're called the Sisters of the Perpetual Indulgence. Right. The sisters I actually the... knew oh, I know a guy. What that is. I knew yeah. a guy named Huntley who was the pope of the <laughs> Sisters of wow. the Perpetual Indulgence. Yeah. And he was so a cool was guy. Like, and that's within the and the Folsom Street Fair I thought was like kind of run by the bears. Yeah. So it was like so crazy to see these nuns with the bears. Well, there's a this sounds like a parade. different kind of warriors reboot. Yeah, <laughs> there's a conflict. I mean, the thing is, so is I, there's what I'm a, saying is that I think that bar exists. There's a conflict yeah. within the bears. I mean, there's conflict within the bears because there's the bears that are like geeky, roly poly type mm-hmm. bears, a Kevin Smith type. Yeah, Kevin Smith or the kind that like Kevin Smith. Sure. Anyway, they're sort of like their main thing is being friendly and hairy. And then there's the sort of original bears, which were into... Which are actual bears. <laughs> which are sort of like... Then there's the Berenstein bears. <laughs> right. The Jewish bears. Sure, the, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. There's if Russian you are performing a... bears. Yeah. Um, no, but the, you know, like, wasn't there... Wasn't one of the guys in... Um, wasn't one of the guys in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out... 
like a Russian guy with a mustache. Oh, a bald bull, probably. Like that kind of hyper-masculine hairiness. Like oh, no, you muscular. know there's another one. Like uh, an old school bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the original old... Yeah. That has to do with muscle You might be thinking of Soda Popinski. It was probably <laughs> Soda Popinski. Yeah, I think Soda Popinski. So that, that part of the bear community and the... To be fair, all those punch-out characters were pretty gay. Yeah. <laughs> and the friendly goofball part of the bear community are sometimes at odds. Odds. And then the sort of classic S and M part of the uh, bear community of the of the gay community, which overlaps in part with the muscle guy, you know, the guy like the leather guy part of the gay community. Like they're all they all have their own sort of little battles between each other, and also friendships with between each other. But yeah, that shit all that shit all takes place at the Folsom Street Fair, which is a place where people of all types from San Francisco go. To just see a good old-fashioned flogging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a public a public flogging. So you think about all those subcultures, like, I think, I mean, the diversity in, in like, gay bars and whatever is, will never stop growing. Yeah. It's like snowflakes. Jordan, we should explain. In San sure. Francisco, the Folsom Street Fair is, is an event, not just a thing where people go to see floggings, mm-hmm. but an event where literally... 100, 150,000 people go to see floggings, including the mayor. Wow. <laughs> the Folsom Street Fair is totally something the mayor goes to. Yeah. <laughs> and it the... is an S&M thing. Sure, They're he has to cut start... the ribbon on the new dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> I proclaim probably... this dungeon open for flogging. City supervisors walk around in suits wearing red ties and white shirts, waving to everyone while like someone with a ca- is hitting someone with a cat of nine tails, <laughs> and someone has a giant novelty dildo sticking out of their ass. Sure. The and another person... Sponsored by Jamba Juice, probably yeah, yeah. Now. Exactly. I will say that I, I am really uh, heartened when i uh and this is a kind of a similar thing maybe not as not as um uh, not as um specific as that but i am always pleased at how gay west hollywood halloween has stayed <laughs> um if you've ever been to west hollywood for I halloween i haven't because it's a nightmare on halloween because sure. the traffic is a nightmare so it keeps me away but I heard it's amazing. Yes, uh, I I have a parking sticker, so I am uh, I am allowed <laughs> to walk around uh, Gay West Hollywood Halloween, and it's one of those things where it's like, well, pe- non-gay people talk about going because it's fun and outrageous, and it's one of those things where you wonder, like, eh, is it just going to be ten outrageous people and then a hundred people gawking at them? But it is pretty outrageous. There's all you know. There's there's drag Girl Scout choir. And there are, uh, I mean, last year, more Lady Gagas than uh, anything else. But yeah, I'm, I'm always surprised when I go. I'm like, oh, good. This hasn't gotten this lizard, lame This hasn't yet. gotten diluted. This, yeah, this has not, not been like sponsored by... Food, not yes, like ethnic food. This hasn't food been sponsored by PBR, and <laughs> there's not a command performance from uh, Foster the People, you know. Anyway. Yeah, that's Plus nice. Hollywood Halloween. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I would enjoy going... Do you think that we could call the... I think we should open this bar. I think we should open this This closeted bar. gay men circa 1958 yeah. themed. We could call it Dorothy's. Yeah, we could. Sure. <laughs> sure. Or the unicorn or something. Uh-huh. Sure. The narwhal. Yeah, we would require ties. A tie mm-hmm. would be required to get in. It would be a gentleman's only establishment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Allie, you, you could be the colorful, you could be the brash, colorful uh, uh, bartender. 
No, the because beloved. everyone will mistake me for a little Thai boy like <laughs> when I was little in the Castro and tried to get me to suck their dick in a porta potty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. And then I have to be like, I'm a girl. <laughs> I was born here. I'm a girl. Do you still want me to suck <laughs> your dick? Now that that's cleared up. <laughs> Is the dick offer still on the table? I was just going to see a Godard movie <laughs> at the Castro Theater. Just wanted, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think so. I mean, if you know, if you are a, a gay man out there, and but it seems like this would, this is mainly for gay men. It seems like that culture yeah. of foot tapping didn't happen around. Yeah. When, but I'm probably wrong. Um, but yes, if you are a gay man out there and you are nostalgic. This is for, for younger. A, well, I think this is for, in oh, my who, mind. Yeah, who do you think? Is this target, ironic? No, our oh, target, okay. it's not ironic. Uh-huh. But our target audience here is urban, young, 30, 35 and under, mm-hmm. urban gay men. Mm-hmm. Who never, who grew up in an environment, let's say they grew up in San Francisco, they grew up in Los Angeles, uh, they, you know, they went to private school, they came out to their parents and their parents were happy mm-hmm. about it. They you got know. like a bar mitzvah for coming out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they always thought, not that they wanted to experience the... The uh, prejudice, the nightmare, yeah. the nightmares of that. But they wanted, but just the hush. They just secret, wanted to have a secret world. Yeah, they wanted to be in this. They wanted to have their own secret world where everyone wears a tie and sucks dicks behind a newspaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Open this the newspaper, and that's a signal. Will for we allow newspaper? So if they're holding a newspaper, it's okay to suck the guy's dick in the bar. <laughs> if you're we holding a newspaper, you can do there. anything. It's like the hole in the sheet. Oh, well, so for juice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, probably at this point, by the time we open it, we'll have to like go to a vintage shop to get newspapers. Otherwise, oh, we'll yeah. be like holding an iPad. Yeah. Suck dick behind the Kindle. Yeah. Maybe we can just use like a High Times or something. Oh no, that's a magazine. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to. And the thing is, we're gonna have to have a. New, we're probably gonna have to have a newspaper lending library. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to figure out a way to wash the newspapers. <laughs> yeah, some sort of like... Laminate. Maybe like a laminate the Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good solution. Yeah. Let's say we could steam them. We could hang them above a radiator, maybe. Yeah, how do you get, get cum out of a newspaper? <laughs> Dorothy's. I think we're on to something. Yeah. Yeah, and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head down to Dots for a stiff one, is what you'll say. <laughs> mm-hmm. To your wife. To your wife. To your 50s housewife. Yes. Who knows? Oh, this is going to be so... Who's known the whole time? This is going to be so fun, you guys. <laughs> We're going to be businessmen. Yeah. Well, in your case, you're going to be a business boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Allie. Sawadee. Wait, let's change the name. Let's change the name to business boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, anyway, I, I think at the end of the day, what's important is that... I recently watched a very powerful episode of The American Experience about Stonewall, and it made me cry. Oh, good. How can the that makes up for all of that stuff Stonewall that we just said? Right? All that, all that, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. all that prejudice stuff. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> I cried while I was doing my ironing as I watched an episode of The American Experience about sure. Stonewall. <laughs> oh, geez. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go.
Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ali Wong, today's guest. Okay. So it's 2012. You all know the slogan for 2012 more powerful than ever. Colon, going ape. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had so many fucking amazing artworks. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That, yeah, thank you to everybody who made stuff for the contest. It's really, really cool to see all of it. Um, they are all over our Facebook, all over the forum. Um, it's just tremendous. So search for, do yourself a favor, go on Facebook, search for Jordan Jesse Go, click on like. <laughs> While you're at it. Uh, and then check out some of the shit that people have made over the past month. I mean, the, it's just absolutely tremendous. Very creative. I like this one. This person named Metatarsals on our forum mm-hmm. just uh, got a bunch of uh, white paper cups and wrote one letter on each one that said going ape and then uh, crushed them all. Like so many paper cups in their hand. That's what I'm going to do to my enemies this year. <laughs> well, it would be like he crushed them like so many enemies. Yeah, that's a good point. He can't crush paper cups like paper cups. Gotcha. Although he did. Yeah, he did. To be fair. As it turns out, he did. We got, I mean, we, I want to, I mean, so many, so many great uh, people. Uh, uh, Marnie mm-hmm. uh, made this amazing poster. She actually sent us one um, that she actually printed. She's a professional printer. She put them in her Etsy store um, and sold a whole bunch of them and donated a significant portion of the pro- proceeds to MaximumFun.org. Way to go. Um, it is gorgeous. She hand-set the type, hand-cut the thing, uh, the illustration. It is absolutely tremendous. Um, uh, our friend Patrick uh, made a light box. I love this one. This one is my favorite. A more powerful than ever light box. It is absolutely tremendous. We had the interns go over all of the picks. Pick out some finalists. We gave it careful consideration as to what we wanted to be the final decision winner. Jordan and I had a fucking in-depth conversation in the break just now about what we wanted to be the winner. And that's why we didn't announce it last week. I did not want this to be a unilateral decision on my part. Ultimately, we wanted this to be a group decision between me and Jordan. We have picked a winner. It is Shane Train. Shane Train. Shane Train, who has made a an absolutely spectacular illustration of a gorilla. And I will say that almost everyone took this as literally as you could possibly take it. <laughs> Even after the episode where I went on and said, you don't have to take this literally, everyone took it literally. Um, I almost wanted to give it to the cups person for just not just drawing a picture of a gorilla because <laughs> everyone else drew a picture of a gorilla. But um, this is a not only a great picture of a gorilla, but the gorilla is wearing those kind of hologram uh, novelty eyeglasses that you wear for New Year's that say 2012. And I also like that it's kind of candy colored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a lot of, a lot of fun, vibrant colors. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It makes it kind of gay. Yeah. Which is fun, <laughs> you know? Which is a topic that we like, apparently. You should have it up at Dorothy's. Yeah, we're going to oh, put... Oh, yeah, that would be great. Totally yeah. put, it up at Dor- put, up, put it up on the wall at Dots. I mean, at least for the rest of 2012. So, Shane Train, congratulations... You, sir, or madam, are the winner of an Xbox. Uh, email intern at MaximumFun.org. We will send you an Xbox. And um, we have an extra copy of Gears of War. I'm going to give honorable mention to Patrick for that light box. Um, and uh, Patrick, if you have an Xbox, well, one way or the other, email intern at MaximumFun.org <laughs> yeah. and tell us if you have an Xbox. 
um, we will send you that extra copy of Gears of War that we have. That I'm pretty sure that we have. <laughs> I really hope that we didn't. Hey, you know, just... if you don't have it, he can have my old copy of Gears of War too. Yeah. Um, and look, I just, I really want to thank everybody who made one of these things. I mean, yeah, these, absolutely. These thank are you, just everybody. absolutely spectacular. Um, and how about this? Marnie and CK Vend, uh, <laughs> who are also finalists chosen by our intern. Uh, email intern at maximumfun.org and we will send you a t-shirt because your stuff was so tremendous. And thank you to everybody else because it was just, I mean, it, it's just really cool to, you know, have a crazy idea like that and have everybody be so inspired by it. And I also, I also want to say that in addition to these art projects, I have really gotten many emails from people talking about how they have applied that philosophy in their lives and how you like people who were like very sincere, heartfelt emails about that. They have really touched me. And so thank you to everyone who emailed us about that. I know that that seems like I'm making it up. (laughs) (laughs) I personally don't, I don't approve of people taking the show seriously. <laughs> you shouldn't. It's dumb. No inspiration allowed. Don't. No upliftingness. This is no, for brainstorming no fake gay bars. <laughs> um, anyway, so thanks, everybody. That's how you get your stuff. Uh, you're just, well, our listeners are just absolutely positively the best. And speaking of our listeners being the best... Uh, and speaking of awesome emails I've been getting, mm-hmm. I have been getting so many awesome emails about people loving Throwing Shade. Hey, yeah, absolutely. We announced it on this show last week, the new Maximum Fun podcast from our pals, from our pals Brian Safi and uh, Aaron Gibson. Uh, Brian's going to come by and be on George Jesse Go soon. And uh, look, it is a fucking tremendous show. It is all of the most important issues going on in the worlds of gays and ladies taken much less seriously than they deserve. <laughs> um, it is a hilarious, hilarious show, and you might accidentally learn something about something important going on in the world. But mostly it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's scary how good they are so fast. I, that's what I... The first time I heard it, even before it was on the Max Fun uh, Concern, I'm like, oh, wow, this is like their 10th podcast, and they're already really, really good. So Yeah, uh, possibly better than us. Yeah, certainly better than us. Oh, absolutely. No, no question about it. They're better than us. Yeah. So anyway. What are you doing listening to this pile of shit? <laughs> so Throwing you should, shade. You should go to MaximumFun.org. We got their site up on MaximumFun.org. Look for it in iTunes. Subscribe. Give it a listen uh, i think you'll really like it and hey guess what the max fun drive is coming up and we have all kinds of cool stuff me and jordan are going to make another one of those uh riff track shorts that yes. people like so much in the past we're also going to make a bonus episode of jordan jesse go and I w- i've been thinking about this i haven't said this to you yet mm-hmm. but i was thinking of an all straight talk bonus episode of jordan mm-hmm. jesse go straight talk for teens I think we... Or just no gay stuff. We just... <laughs> I don't think we can make it through an episode with no oh, gay yeah. stuff, Jordan. I'll at least mention Grinder once. It's too fun. It's too fun. It seems like a fun lifestyle outside <laughs> of the many difficulties that Absolutely. we will continue to fight against. Because we are against them. Tooth and nail. Yeah. But um, no, I think, I think we open it up past teens. Okay. Straight what do you talk think of that? For anybody. Yeah, we will change lives. I think it will be a life-changing sure. I will episode. Absolutely do. I will so absolutely do all straight talk. If you need your life changed in any way, whether you're a teen, you need some guidance, 
any kind of guidance, we will set you straight. And by that, I mean, if you're gay, we will make you straight. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, we will. We It'll will, be the Michelle Bachman's husband of podcasts. We will guide you on any problem. Call us 206-984-4FUN. Call us right now so that you can get in before we record this show. 206-984-4FUN. JJGo at MaximumFun.org. You can email it in. You can tell us if you want it to be anonymous, um, and our interns will go through all of them, and we'll answer as many as we can over the course of that bonus episode. And that will go to everybody who is a donor to MaximumFun.org. I think that's going to be fun. Me too. Right? That's going to be fun! Why wouldn't it be? We are going to have some fucking fun. Oh, and one more procedural thing. Please. Meetups, Jordan. Yeah. You're headed to Bridgetown. I am headed to the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland, Oregon. You don't know exactly where your meetup is going to be, but you do know when your meetup is going to be, right? Yes. uh, I will be at Bridgetown for a couple of days. They're kind of still working out the uh, particulars, um, but I will have it, I think it's Friday the 5th. 13th Friday, Friday the, the 13th. 13th so uh, uh so keep yeah, an Portland, eye uh, keep an eye on the Bridgetown schedule your, uh, and maximumfund.org and we will get up but Friday the 13th in Portland meet up with Jordan yeah and if you are an early listener to Jordan Jesse go I am having a meet up on Wednesday night that's this Wednesday night as we release the podcast which is the 14th in Minneapolis Minnesota at 8 p.m. from 8 until I don't know. I collapsed from exhaustion because I'm flying in that afternoon and evening at Brit's Pub in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, just look for the pile of nerds. <laughs> Friendly nerds, but, sure. you know, let's get real. Um, and hey, uh, maybe this is a good time for me to mention if you are in the L.A. area and would like to see a sketch comedy show uh, that I am involved with, um, my sketch comedy group Up, Up, Up is going to be performing at the UCB Theater Wednesday, March 28th. And we have a sketch o'clock. comedy laugh joke that we're going to close the show with, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So, uh, yes, enjoy this laugh joke. Know that there are many more like it at our show. And and uh, yeah, you can get reservations on the uh, UCB Theater website. March, uh, excuse me, March twenty eighth, eight o'clock. Ali Wong, it has just been a joy to have you on oh, the show. It's been so much fun. It's so nice to finally meet you, Jesse. Especially it's the last meet you, Jordan. five or seven minutes, as we have just <laughs> completely ignored you. Yeah. Just pretended that really? you were there. We talked about you. <laughs> uh, Ali, do you have any uh, places that people can see you? I am up? at the Punchline this weekend in San Francisco, California. Beautiful. Uh, comedy nightclub in March San Francisco. March 15th to 17th, so come on out. Go see uh, Allie in San Francisco. And if you're not in San Francisco, you can follow Allie on Twitter. Is it at... Allie Wong 3000. Allie Wong 3000, um, which you can remember because it's just like Andre 3000, Except only uh, she's not quite as good at rapping. <laughs> Almost as good at rapping and a better singer. But you, you do, uh, you are in that commercial with Adrian Brody where I you guys totally shave, right? I totally am, where I shave my mustache. Right, into a weird and, shape. And wear a fedora. Right, and then walk in slow, bo- slow motion with that handsome Spanish man. Anyway. Who's that? What's that guy's name? Gael. Javier Bardem? Mm. Gael Garcia Gael Bernal? Gael Garcia Bernal? Gael Garcia Bernal. Um, Ali, it really has been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank Thanks you so much, much for, for coming me. on with us. Uh, Ali Wong, the, the brilliant Ali Wong, at Ali Wong 3000. Um, well, let's, uh, let's close the show and throw it over to Up, 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 who are at the UCB Theater here in Los Angeles. What's that date again? March 28th, 8 o'clock. March 28th. Okay. We'll see you soon. Bye. 
thank you for shopping with us at Dobson's Hobbies. That's one Rutger model train starter kit. This your first, young man? It sure is. You know, I've loved trains since I was a kid. I'm really excited to start building. Here's something I wish someone told me before I started in the game. Once people find out that you're into model trains, just be prepared for an avalanche of pussy. Um, what? Really? Oh, yes. Once the women folk here tell that you've got painstakingly detailed scale models of classic locomotives in your rec room, you'll be up to your elbows in gash. Oh, um, I had no idea. I mean, I love model trains, but I was prepared for women to find it a bit weird. (laughs) Trust me. Once a woman is presented with the mental image of you hunched over a replica of a turn-of-the-century caboose with a tiny paintbrush, their panties will be as damp as a summer night on the bayou. Um, Well, I'm not sure that'll matter. Uh, I've been happily married for ten years. (laughs) I'm sure your wife is a lovely woman, But if she doesn't want a divorce, she'll need to realize that you're now a sexual beast that cannot be caged. Maybe my wife can help explain. Linda? Uh, Honey, I just sold this man a Rutger starter kit. Oh, that's lovely. I hope you're hungry for pussy, young man, because once the local ladies see you choosing between marginally different shades of gray water-based acrylic paint, their lady shoots are going to be slicker than a slip and slide. (laughs) That's what I told him. He's a bit skeptical because he's a married man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh honey, that wife of yours is just going to have to get used to the fact that you belong to womankind now. You're a model train enthusiast. Asking a model train enthusiast not to fuck pussy 24-7 is like asking the wind not to blow. Oh, uh, oh boy. Um, well, uh... What exactly is it about uh, model train men? Well, before I met Roger here, I worked my way through all the bad boys of the old Gahavi world. I've had ice fishermen, skeet shooters, guys who collect Disney pins and put them all over a denim jacket. When we first met, she was into bird watchers. (laughs) When I first saw her, she was hopped up on lewds being passed around the Audubon Society mixer like a joint. It's true. I'd spread them for just about any guy who could identify a scissor-tailed flycatcher. But once I saw this handsome gent clicking stupid little pieces of plastic together to make fake-looking trains that don't really do nothing, I was as damp as a windsock after a rainstorm. Um, that is amazing. (laughs) Um, hey, just curious, uh, throwing it out there for no reason, hey, what hobby would someone get into if they were looking for, like, some, uh, you know, some down-low gay stuff. Or... Box kites. Hello, fake radio listeners. I didn't see you over there. This is Judge John Hodgman relaxing in his chambers. You know, I've resolved the greatest moral conflicts of our time, like the potluck problem, snob versus slob, and of course, the toot dispute. Do you have a pressing issue that needs swift, decisive justice? Visit us at www.maximumfund.org slash J-J-H-O. That's J-J-H-O for Judge John Hodgman, and hear the results of each case on my weekly podcast, Judge John Hodgman. You can subscribe in iTunes or find it online at MaximumFun.org. This is the sound of a gavel. That is all.